First in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Well, welcome everyone and good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to Spouting Off, if you're listening live, it's 1 p.m. Eastern right now on WSMN.live and places all around the country who take our show. But we are delighted to have as our flagship station WSMN 1590 AM and 95.3 FM. Well, (laughs) the hits keep coming. And I'll tell you, so many people are attached to the news cycle that they forget about simple and specific little issues. Uh, Case in point, on Tuesday, I promised you I would have some audio. And this audio is so astonishing because uh, uh, Vladimir Zelensky who I don't know all that much about, but let's just say I don't listen to, I don't always trust, I don't hardly ever trust the media interpretation uh, of who and what Vladimir Zelensky is all about. Uh, If you've been watching the media any time in the last, (laughs) I don't know, it just keeps coming and coming and coming, you'd know not to take at face value what they tell you, especially when they go after anybody who disagrees. That is the first indicator that they're pushing a narrative that isn't true. I'm never going to stop saying that. I apologize if I've repeated it, but that's how you know. If they have to put down opposition uh, instead of, and, and kill the messenger, instead of addressing the question, no, you're not supposed to even ask. Those are totalitarian tactics, ladies and gentlemen, and it gives me no pleasure. It, it breaks my heart to have to see totalitarian tactics being used and imposed on these United States of America and American citizens, no matter what color they are. While the left uh, obsesses about race, color, creed, they ignore individuality and they ignore differences of opinion. They ignore our Bill of Rights. Okay, so I promised you on Tuesday that I would get hold of this audio And it actually is a video as well. And uh, let's just hear that right now. Zelensky caught telling the truth. Go. It is obvious that American business can become the locomotive that will once again push forward global economic growth. We have already managed to attract attention and have cooperation with such giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, and Golden Sachs, such American brands as Starling or Westinghouse have already become part of our Ukrainian way. Your brilliant defense systems such as HIMARS or Bradley's are already uniting our history of freedom with your enterprises. We are waiting for We are looking closely at Abrams. Thousands of such examples are possible. And everyone can become a big business by working with Ukraine in all sectors, from weapons and defense to construction, from communication to agriculture, from transport to IT, from banks to medicine. And I believe that freedom must always win. (laughs) Whoa. Freedom must always win. Uh, Globalist, uh, uh, globalism takes away freedom. 
So to hear, number one, I don't know even how much I need to comment on this. I think it speaks for itself. He mentions the most woke corporations that are pushing a globalist socialist agenda. And I got news for Mr. Zelensky, socialism and freedom don't mix, all right? Uh, we have looked before as to whether Zelensky is everything he's cracked up to be. And I'm not saying for one iota bit that Vladimir Putin is uh, a uh, magnanimous guy here. As Kissinger once said, who was a globalist, it's a pity they both couldn't lose. But I'll tell you who is losing, and it's the United States of America. We already know that Biden, before he was even uh, appointed to the White House, um, he was colluding with Ukraine on a grand scale, and so was his, his little son, little charge, Hunter, colluding. Uh, all of a sudden, the information is coming out day by day by day about Hunter, uh, even insofar as uh, paying $50,000 a month rent to Biden for living in the very same house where uh, these so-called the classified documents were found. But let's stick with uh, Zelensky for a minute. So he uses the word freedom to as a euphemism for taking away people's freedom by globalizing economies. And he's quite ambitious for a socialist, and I think he is one. How ambitious is he? He wants to get connected with American businesses, BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, to make weapons. And meanwhile, he comes to America to get uh, tons and tons more American taxpayer dollars. Uh, they're sending 30-something tanks to the Ukraine. It never ends. Where, I ask you, are the anti-war crowd <laughs> of the left? They are not to be seen or heard from. The one time I heard it was when a, an activist spoke up while AOC was speaking and was shut down and asked to leave. The one time I, oh, and he mentioned the, um, uh, God, I said, forgive me for not remembering her name. She's someone I can never remember. Uh, uh, Hawaiian former Congresswoman, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, uh, and they mentioned Tulsi Gabbard, who is anti-war, at least insofar as the war machine. And here's Zelensky, who may not be quite as sophisticated, I don't know, and being able to play the media, there he is caught telling the truth. Now, that's that thing. And I would encourage you to listen or watch the video. The video is also very interesting. Just look it up. You can find it anywhere <laughs> these days on YouTube. I don't think they'll pull it. But uh, so Zelensky talking about his financial goals for Ukraine and globalism, which uh, sucks the life out of national sovereignty and um, individuality and true free markets. Notice, as we've discussed many times, that it is the giant corporations that do business with governments around the world that small businesses in America cannot, which is why they were shut down during COVID, COVID. And uh, the big companies were not because they were doing business with the government running uh, subliminal advertising about COVID, COVID, and putting little stickers on the floor telling you where to walk. Was that the most insulting thing? Uh, I think we need to have longer hindsight these days, longer memories these days, uh, because we need to remember just how outrageous and insulting and how almost as if overnight, uh, the great 
United States of America and many other uh, Western former democracies were turned almost overnight using a virus that had been unleashed out of China as the excuse to rob people of their most sacred liberties of speech, of mobility, of the right to assemble, all of it. And of course, the right uh, to be to be able to accept or reject medical treatment and to have sovereignty over your own body uh, by the very people who've been screaming for decades, my body, my choice, but it's only my body, my choice when it comes to having an abortion. It's not your body and not your choice when it comes to the government forcing a shot on you that is now becoming quite suspect, quite suspect indeed. Here's another point before I have to take a break. And this is a small item. That's why I saved it for a second, because it's not the main item. But you know what? Sometimes the littlest things tell you a lot. I like Mike Huckabee. I don't always watch him, but I like Mike Huckabee. Why am I wanting to call him Mike Huckabee? But it's Mike Huckabee. Uh, there was a Western Journal article, More Insanity at the FBI. There is no way this is possible. So what do I look at? Let's see if I can remember where all this was. And it, it is an outrageous story, no doubt about it. Charles McGonigal, I actually mentioned it last week, the former head of counterintelligence for the FBI's New York office, uh, uh, was actually arrested for the very same thing. If you put it in a movie, he says, you, you would be turned away because it's just too ridiculous for words. So I would read that article. I mean, if you care to, it is quite entertaining. But then what he says is that it's not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. With a constant focus, this is what bothers me. And I really think... Republicans are always reacting and not acting. They're always allowing the left, the radical left, to dictate popular culture, which, as you know, Breitbart said a long time ago, Andrew Breitbart, politics is downstream from culture. So if you can control the culture and also the language, you can control the argument. The left is brilliant at that. And so what do they do? They, they are very, very social. Uh, they're very affected by social pressure. And they love to start little cult-like conformity cults like Karen. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. I have a sense of humor about it, but it is a stereotyping, which I thought the left never does. I thought the left doesn't stereotype people based on superficial characteristics. So I got to run. The, the Not a good look. Uh, the left is into superficiality. It's not about the look, ladies and gentlemen. It's about what is. So let's fight against using their language was my point. Karen Cataline, uh, you're listening to Spouting Off. And we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere <laughs> after this. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadoline. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. 
Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to the Secret War of Swiss America White Paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Thanks, Pat. Call now, toll-free, 866-8832741. That's 866-8832741. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Call now, toll-free, 866-8832741. That's 866-8832741. Spouting Off with Karen Catalina will return in a moment. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Whoa! <laughs> um, I am back, Karen Cataline, uh, and uh, so good to have you along with us. And we've got listeners on Getter, on Facebook, all over the place, as well as WSMN in Nashua, New Hampshire, the live free or die state. Well, how apropos, I think, for the uh, my little rant at the end of my rant, talking about Republicans needing to to uh, be proactive and direct the culture instead of responding to the culture. Well, I was charmed by the subject of our next guest, and I'm going to tell you about her right now. And this is a perfect example of making policy and making trends instead of responding and being on the defensive all the time. Uh, Simone Collins, along with her husband, Malcolm Collins, are authors of The Pragmatist Guide to Crafting a Religion, Crafting Religion, uh, and the elite intellectual leaders of the pro-natalist movement, which encourages the bearing of children and support of a higher birth rate to save Western civilization. I love it. Uh, Simone Collins joins us here now. Thank you, Simone, so much for joining us. Karen, I'm so glad to be here. It's great to be chatting with you. Yes, me too. And you've got such a great, enthusiastic voice. I'll tell you, when I read this, and I know it had something, Elon Musk said civilization is going to crumble if people don't have more children. And with this growing awareness that these globalist maniacs are doing everything they can to depopulate the world, and as a uh, Jewish person, it shouldn't matter, uh, you know, there's another word for that. It's called genocide. So for <laughs> it's called depopulization. You know, let's just pick and choose who lives and who dies. And for you to be at the at the very forefront of something called be fruitful, multiply, and have healthy babies. I love it. Tell us more. Well, we are pretty alarmed with what's happening with not just mainstream culture um, in, in not just falling birth rates, not just people suffering from degradating cultures, um, but what's happening to many of the cultures that in the past have been 
very fruitful, have multiplied a lot, right? They, they themselves mm. as well are seeing declining birth rates and seeing erosion of their culture to, to a great extent because of mainstream culture spreading into it um, through schooling, for example, through universities, through public schooling, um, but also through mainstream media. And we're really interested in finding ways to help in the face of technology, in the face of all these exogenous pressures, help all sorts of cultures become and, and maintain intergenerational durability. So how do you adjust your existing culture, or if you want to craft entirely new cultures that last from one generation to the next and that impart fitness in every way you can imagine the term to those who practice it? So our book explores this, and we think it's really important no matter what culture you par like call yourself a member of. It's, oh. <laughs> this is kind of crucial. Yeah. Well, boy, you're getting to the very heart of the uh, the, the biggest uh, sacred cow I think the left has, which is humans are responsible for all the evils in the world. Let's get rid of all the humans. And even mm. pretty uh, uh, well-meaning people who have faith and everyone else believe that there are too many people in the world. What do you say to those people, and how do you help listeners uh, uh, build up a little ammo for that preposterous notion? Well, if we want to argue with the people making those arguments on their terms, you know, they're often very concerned about the environment. They're very concerned about all, you know, these these very different value sets. Um, and the argument that we can present in, in their own terms is if you really care about those things, you should probably consider having children, having families, and passing on your culture in a more sustainable fashion, um, plus creating cultures that are less likely to be plagued by mental illness, anxiety, all these other crippling issues. Because if you care about those things and you want those values to be represented in the future, you had better have kids and raise them in a culture that they in turn pass on. Um, so, you know, environmentalism, as we know it, a lot of those values have heritable components. This is not purely something that's passed on in a game of telephone. There are genetic components to these things. Um, and if they choose to not have kids and participate in this whole realm of uh, of, hmm. of perennialism that we have, they're really not going to see that in the future. So environmentalism yeah. might see a short-term gain from populations dropping, and then suddenly populations balloon again, and no one cares about the environment because everyone who did died. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's one way to well, look at it. Yeah, there's such a philosophy on the left of scarcity and a philosophy of lack of accountability, right? You know, I'm God in my universe, and I get to be God in yours, but also the, well, as speak to that, because you know, ever since I was a kid, and I'm not a kid now, I've heard the Paul Ehrlich, you know, there's way too many people in the world, and there aren't, there are only so many resources. People grew up hearing that human beings are these terrible creatures who are a strain on the environment. <laughs> I got news for them. The environment we'll get rid of us before we get rid of the environment. I mean, what hubris, right? <laughs> to think that we can uh, control the climate, we can control everything, and we can control whether people live or die. Well, we're hardly the first organism to have caused very extreme climate change also. <laughs> so there's, there's that factor as well. Um, you know, ice ages um, and major, major shifts have been caused by other organisms spreading. Um, so that's, well, and I you know, don't think we caused I'm very much of it. I think it's exaggerated, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. I Sorry. think a, a really interesting difference between when it comes to responsibility, um, and when it comes to just framing between more progressive cultures and more conservative cultures, and this is something we talk about in the pragmatist guide to crafting religion, progressives are very interested in basically, uh, intergenerational uh, quality of life and well-being. So they really care, do I feel good now? Um, uh, is, is suffering high or low now? Um, whereas more conservative-leaning cultures care more about intra-generational well-being and durability. Um, you know, will, mm. will we be good five generations from now? What about the long-term future? Are we building something that's meaningful? 
And so often we're talking past each other, um, you know, these, these two different yeah. groups, because they, they're like, well, but I don't, I don't care about the future generation. I don't, yeah, I'm mm. not going to have grandkids. I don't care about them. All we're doing is just causing all these messes and everything and everything's mm. terrible. And uh, I think there's, there's much less hope in, in the future and in humanity in general, there's much more focus around suffering. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's, it's just a very different religious base. I mean, we, we do talk about it a lot in the practice guide to religion too, because there are very different contextualizations of what the ultimate goal is. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot in, in more progressive circles of a focus on ending suffering um, and ending cycles of suffering. And if you kind of look at the human existence from the perspective of suffering, mattering a lot more than joy, progress, you know, all the good stuff, um, that sort of being neutral, but suffering being this distinct negative, you are going to want to <laughs> extinguish all consciousness, all humanity, all life, right? Like just because, oh, well, if, there's, mm. if anyone's hurting ever, you know, whether it's hurting someone. Euthanasia, media, that's so, the answer. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like, suicidal let's, let's here. Let me help so you bad. kill yourself. It's a cult yeah, of death. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. <laughs> and, 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 you know, on, on, on the other side, we have, okay, there is suffering. You know, there's hardship in life. But that's, that's, that's part of the human condition. And look at what we do. Look at the progress we've made. Look at the bigger picture, uh, which is, is what we're very interested in. And of course, what we care yeah. about when we advocate for pronatalism, when we think about the long term. We think about human potential and everything we can become, and that's so much more important. Yeah, this is such a fascinating, I love these philosophical conversations. I'm of two minds about it, though, because while there are some orchestrators, I call them the whomevers, that push these <laughs> massive agendas like climate change and Green New Deal and all of those things, the hangers, I, I, I'm of two minds about arguing it on the merits of the issue, because the orchestrators, I don't think that they even believe it. I really don't. They don't. I think it is. They don't. Yeah, it's, it's performative. Yeah. And that's the really I, interesting yeah. thing. You see this with environmentalism. If people really, really cared about the environment, they would have chosen nuclear, for example. Like nuclear power would be far more pervasive now than it, than it is. And I was actually just looking at a graph before this call uh, showing the amount of energy savings that we could have seen, the amount of carbon emissions that could have been eliminated had other nations pursued the same level of nuclear power proliferation as, as France has. And there's a lot to be said about the inefficient ways in which France did ultimately um, enact nuclear power, but they still use it a whole lot more than other nations. But again, you know, this is not about nuclear power. Uh, this is not about actually reducing carbon emissions. This is about performative virtue signaling. Um, and that's, that's a very <laughs> yeah. interesting thing about the current <laughs> culture is it's, mm. This isn't about, and, and, and in fact, you know, we would argue that progressive values, you know, whatever you want them to believe, this is not actually what's happening in, in the current culture that we're dealing with, you know, this cancel culture, which some people call it locus and some people call it progressivism, some people call it other things. We would actually say that it's, we call it in, in the Pragmatist Guide to Crafting Religion, the super virus. It isn't really it is. progressivism. It is a mimetic virus that wears the mask of progressivism in, the, in the effort to only spread. So um, right, the way my husband right. Malcolm puts it, um, strep throat viruses will sort of kill cells, but then wear them to kind of spread, but under a disguise. So they've kind of like wow. hijacked it, like kind of like it's, it's like a, it kills the human. It wears a, a human skin mask. Um, and then sort of puppets its way in disguise into spreading yeah. and manipulating the systems that it's working within. And we would argue that this mimetic package, this super virus, this cultural virus that is spreading so violently throughout our culture right now, that's so insidious, is it has taken over many progressive organizations and institutions, which are very, they're, they're more vulnerable than conservative organizations because they are very open-minded. They're very focused on not hurting feelings and always considering all these things. So they're very, they're sort of easier to hijack. And that's why it is spreading these organizations. I sure yeah. hope so because they sure <laughs> hate dissent and they're going to call you evil if you disagree. I don't know if that's open-minded. Oh, but that's the key. But 
No, no, no. That's, that's the way that <laughs> oh, this virus the spreads, right? So it, yeah. this virus takes it over. It basically zombifies these organizations. Yes, and I then got it, it now. And it identifies kind of like a zombie that, you know, when they sort of, we call them screamers, you know, like sees a human yes. and then it like points and screams and all the zombies start swarming because that is a threat to them. It's a threat to the spread. God, but again, the whole point is it takes over these progressive organizations. It uses yeah. them to spread just like any virus. It's only about spread. It, it, and of course, it does it in the performative name of the mission. It's saying, yeah. I'm protecting diversity. I'm protecting the environment. And then it, it acts and says performatively that it's doing these things. It is not. I mean, think about like the climate change problems are bigger now than they ever have been before. Of Racism course, they need them. Than it ever has been before. But yeah, I hate here's the-, the thing. They're not fixing the problem. Because no. the, the goal of the virus is to spread. The bigger the problem yes. is, the better, honestly. Yes, so it's, not it's always that way. To solve like racism. To we only yes. have a couple minutes, and I just got to say, the old school left, who only believed in sex, drugs, and rock and roll, ought to love this idea of be fruitful and multiply. Right, right. <laughs> tell everybody, yep. tell everybody, how, what you're doing, or it's part of this movement to get people to start having kids and to stop listening to these goofballs. And we got about two minutes left. Yeah. So we're not trying to get anyone who doesn't want to have kids to have kids. Honestly, I get it. We've given up on them. <laughs> anyone who wants to have kids, we want to make that easier and more possible. And we also want to make it easier for people to raise successful children at higher volumes give them world-class educations, give them a great life um, without them being robbed of their culture. Because right now, let's say, you know, if, if I have five kids and I can't afford to send them all to private school or homeschool them myself, because that's, that's a lot. It's a lot to ask of parents. Yes. I have to send yeah. them to a place that's going to brainwash them and essentially uh-huh. sterilize them. Um, yeah. And we are trying to create institutions and resources for families that have kids and want to have successful kids who maintain their culture to be able to give them a world-class education that doesn't brainwash them, to be able to give them resources that enable parents to raise larger families without being basically um, hammered by the state, without having CPS run after them, you know, to, to have the freedom to raise children in their own culture. God, you're come to the very heart of what the left, well, partly anyway, is all about, is all about this nihilistic, depressing repressive, suppressive. Oh boy, you're, you're addressing it. Um, tell everybody where they can get your book and if there's a way they can help participate in spreading this movement. I appreciate that. You can find the books, uh, The Pragmatist's Guide to Crafting Religion. It's the fifth in a five book series. So The Pragmatist's Guide to, there are three, or sorry, there are four others. Um, Anything that anyone wants to read, we're very enthusiastic about sharing them. And you can visit pronatalist.org to learn more about our efforts um, and reach out to us at partners at pragmatistfoundation.com. If you have ideas, policy suggestions, we're actively engaged in government policy outreach, which really involves just begging governments and helping governments uh, take the foot off the neck of families. Yeah. Leave us alone. Simone <laughs> Collins, thank you so much for joining us. The pro pleasure. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. We got to take a Thanks. quick break. We will be back right after this. Don't go away. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth to ground all statements and facts and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. 
Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Spouting Off with Karen Cataline will return in a moment. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fat Lash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon or at my website, KarenCataline.com. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born, so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. I hate to interrupt Carly Simon there, but uh, we have a lot to do. And this is our second week with our brand new feature. I'm so pleased about this because it allows us to be extremely current, which we always try to be, uh, by featuring a reporter. Sometimes it'll be the same one. Some it'll be another. Uh, sometimes it'll be a different one. A reporter from the Epic Times or the Epoch Epoch Times, I never know. You can say it any way you like, but it is a great publication. Uh, they are advertisers with us and we are happy to support them. So this week, and this will be our regular feature for the Epoch Times, is um, Matthew Vadum. Vadum joins us here, an award-winning investigative journalist and a recognized expert in left-wing activism Welcome, Matthew, to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Could you tell me how to pronounce your last name? I'm Sevi. You had it right, Vadim. Vadim, okay. Vadim, yeah. I like to say it the right way. Well, I am looking at your page here on Epic Times, and uh, you write a lot on the Supreme Court, and I'm going to give you lots of leeway to just talk about what you'd like to talk about, but I have a question. Are you up on the Epic Times? Uh, I, I saw this, and I was just fascinated. Anything to do with the Falun Gong, I pay attention because the Falun Gong have been uh, uh, persecuted in China for such a long time, and the Epic Times does a tremendous job reporting these things, where our own media, well, you know, the own propaganda media will not go near it. So there was a headline, Falun Gong founder Li Hongji publishes how humankind came to be. If you have any comment on that, I'd love to know since it's part of your paper, but you can't be on top of everything. <laughs> 
just know generally about Falun Gong. I haven't actually, I don't think I've actually written any articles um, about them, but, you know, it's a spiritual practice and... Uh, Okay. Chinese well, I didn't mean to put you on the they spot hate, they there. They hate them because they're op- they, they're perceived as opposition, uh, and because their their main uh, interests are forbearance, honesty, <laughs> and kindness, and that's pretty hard to do in a totalitarian communist regime. But it was interesting right. to publish that on the Epic Times. Well. What are you uh, jumping up and down about these days? You write uh, great stuff there in the Epic Times. Thanks. The uh, well, the most recent thing I wrote about is how um, the Supreme Court wouldn't take up the case of a of an, a grandmother in her eighties whose family fled uh, Nazi Germany, and she was fined. Um, $2 million by the IRS for not uh, properly declaring foreign bank accounts. Wow. Uh, it's, and it's uh, pretty surprising that the Supreme Court wouldn't take it up, um, huh. especially since they just heard a case a few months ago and they're awaiting judgment in it about you know a similar case. Um, no, nothing to do with families fleeing Nazis, but um, of a man uh, from Romania, an um, Romanian American businessman who failed to file the paper, the proper paperwork, and also got nailed with a huge fine. And the Supreme Court is that's called the Bittner case, and the, the Supreme Court is um, deliberating it. They heard the case back in November, so we're waiting to find out what happened. So it just seems to me strange that they wouldn't take the um, the case of this woman who's uh, uh, it's called her name's Monica Toth, and uh, her fam, her father, uh, set aside millions of a few million dollars for her in a Swiss bank account in case she ever had to flee persecution in the future. And, oh. um, when she inherited this, um, she didn't know she had to declare it the, the existence of the bank account, and now the IRS uh, wants half the money as a penalty. Hmm. So I'm just surprised the Supreme Court wouldn't take it up. I'm so glad that you reported on this. You write in your piece, the denial prompted a sharply worded dissent by Justice Neil Gorsuch, who implied that he agreed with lawyers' argument that such harsh penalty incentivizes governments to impose exorbitant civil penalties as a means of raising revenue. Wow. Could you comment yeah, on that? But, and yeah, how much yeah. of what percentage of uh, her assets are they claiming they now want to confiscate? 50%. Wow. They claim that because she didn't file the, um, the foreign bank account report that um, she has to hand over 50% of the, uh, of the money. Uh, from from the Swiss the Swiss bank account, and um, I was really shocked that the Supreme Court didn't take it up to uh, to flee tyranny, and then to be uh, penalized by a growing tyrannical government in your eighties is uh, just about where we are these days. It seems very frightening. Yeah. You, since you do write so much on the Supreme Court, a lot of conservatives are very mixed about whether this court is as conservative as the left would like us all to believe. What do you think? I think that they've taken some bold stands, but, um, you know, like striking down the um, uh, right to uh, 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 ruling that there is no constitutional right to abortion and um, striking down a lot of gun control laws by ruling that uh, that there's a constitutional right to um, to have a gun to defend yourself in public. Mm. Um, but you know, on most things, on most things, you know, they they let, like like this Monica Toth case, they they let these things slide, you know, on a regular basis. Like, why didn't they? 
why didn't they intervene um, a few days ago and stop the um, the New York um, the new New York gun control law? Correct. Uh, They're the ones that made the original ruling, right? That should have made that unconstitutional. Right. But what they did is they found that, um, or they they refused to stop the New York law, uh, apparently because they want they don't think the appeal process is complete yet. Um, so instead of intervening to stop this law, you know, which is un, which is, you know, they're probably going to rule this unconstitutional at some point. They said let it let it percolate before the lower co- courts for some more time. Hmm. And they do this sometimes with cases like they, they, they you don't get a hundred percent justice from from the Supreme Court a hundred percent of the time. They only take a, a few cases every year, and uh, they only dispense so much justice. And so if something mm. doesn't fit their idea of what, of what a good constitutional case looks like, they won't take it. Now, what they did with the New York case, which was a challenge to the, concealed, the new um, Concealed Carry Improvement Act of New York, which... Um, defies the court's uh, ruling from last year, you know, uh, um, uh, expanding or or providing expanded recognition of the right to self-defense in public in this case, is they they did serve notice, though, that they may take up the case. Um, Justices um, um, Samuel Alito, joined by Clarence Thomas, attached a note, a statement, uh, to the ruling um, de- de- denying the uh, uh, injunction against the law, saying that this is not the end of the matter and uh, encouraging the people challenging the law to bring it back to them again in the future. Mm. So that was sort of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know. Um, we're going to overturn it at some point, but for some reason they didn't consider it appropriate to overturn it right now. I wish we knew so. why they do some of it. They're so secretive and so, at least Robert's, very, very aware, apparently, this is the word, that they're very, very aware of their reputation rather than doing the right thing. I thought lifetime appointments were supposed to make you not have to, so that you didn't have to worry so much about that. Uh, I'm thinking of the case that kicked the can down the road Uh, I am originally from Colorado, and I watched the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, if you're familiar with that one, for a while, Jack Phillips. And they made it more confusing than ever, and now Jack Phillips is being sued again. And, And he's being harassed again in Colorado, which has become like a California wannabe. And he's going to have to go through this. They have made his life a living hell because the Supreme Court would not uh, make it clear. In fact, they made things muddier than ever, perhaps. Your yeah, thoughts? They ruled on a technicality in his favor without addressing the merits that he wanted, you know, looked at. Um, you know, forgive me, I so, should have so, given yeah. a quick background for our listeners so that not everybody knows the Jack Fig, most people do. It was a case in which a cake baker refused to make a custom created wedding cake for a gay wedding, uh, but he was more than willing to sell him a cake off the shelf. And uh, these guys shopped him and went after him as and to make him an example uh, uh, and, and they're still harassing him to this very day. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Right. Yeah. They basically, they set him up. They knew what he was, they knew that he as a Christian was opposed to same sex marriage and didn't want to create a cake celebrating same sex marriage. So, um, you know, they, they did this deliberately. The, um, this activist gay couple, Yes. Um, to, you know, to, to get him uh, hauled into court. Um, and I met Jack Phillips, and I know that gay marriage wasn't even legal at the time this incident happened. 
That's what's interesting. And uh, Jack Phillips doesn't do cakes for Halloween either because of his religious his religious beliefs. And he was made out to be the bad guy. So um, uh, call me, color me skeptical that this court really is as uh, uh, conservative as, as the left would like people to believe. Real quick, we only have a couple minutes, and we are so glad to have you. Uh, Matthew Vadum, uh, a writer for the Epic Times, uh, you also write about the fact that the Supreme Court failed to identify the leaker of the Roe v. Wade draft opinion. Uh, give us a couple That's comments right. on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all just a big, they issued a big um, nothing burger of a report saying that um, they had interviewed the, you know, 90 or 100 witnesses uh, or 90 or 100 uh, suspects or persons of interest in the case um, at the court, and uh, but they couldn't figure out uh, who, you know, who was responsible. Some people did did a few things like, um, you know, like tell their spouses little details of the case, um, but but didn't actually this this they discovered, but they didn't actually leak the the full draft copy of the Dobbs decision um, uh, last year. So, the, you know, they just basically have no, they don't have a clue who did it, according to the report. And it's interesting that the Supreme Court's um, marshal, uh, Gail Curley, she's in charge of security and, and related things at the court and, and headed the investigation, and she acknowledged that uh, she did not subject the justices themselves to, she did not put them under oath. So everybody else, the 80 or 90 or 100 um, court employees, um, law clerks and so on, who were asked questions under oath or were asked to sign affidavits, the justices were not asked to do the same. So, uh, yeah. you know, the, you have to question the value of the, their evidence. And, and I'm afraid we have to wrap it up. To it. Yeah, it we are so it? glad Maybe. to have you. Forgive me. Go ahead. Did a justice do it? Maybe. Ah. <laughs> well, um, it's things like that, Matthew, that make a lot of people suspicious, and they they are not always con they're believing that maybe things aren't always as uh, honest, or that we can depend not so much to right the wrongs, but certainly to rule. Uh, with integrity, we do actually have a minute. I was rushing ahead. Tell everybody they can find you or follow you on social media and the Epoch Times. How do you say it? <laughs> I say epic. Epoch. Okay. But then I did say it any not, way like Try not to say it too quickly because then it just sounds like epic. E right. I see. Like I'm saying, oh, it's really epic. So yeah, they, <laughs> they could find me. I don't tweet a lot, but I'm at Matt Vadum, M-A-T-T-V-A-D-U-M on Twitter. And I'm on Truth Social. Um, Wonderful. I think my handle there is uh, is just my last name, Vadum, or maybe it's M. Vadum. I forget. Um, okay, it's one of, we got to run. Two. You have okay. a great day. and Keep up the great work, Matthew. We're so good to have you on Spouting Off. Thank you. It Anytime. Oh, well, well, I'm sure we'll have you back. That okay. does it for this edition of Spouting Off. Tune in tomorrow for the final uh, audition, uh, <laughs> edition of 